0: Welcome to Across the Gun Counter, guys. I'm your host, Joe Reva, joined by my co-host, Tyler Reaver. All right, guys, this week we are here with another awesome topic here for you. And this topic kind of came about because uh, I actually got to the range recently and actually kind of had a lot of fun actually just, you know, just shooting the AK and a couple other guns and kind of had a jam and I kind of should have listened to the, uh, you know, the video on getting or the episode, I should say, on getting ready for the range because I kind of forgot <laughs> like a cleaning rod in my AR kind of uh, jammed with some steel case. Two rounds of steel case and an AR, and it jammed.
1: Imagine that.
0: <sighs> yeah, so score one for the AK. So if you guys saw a post about that recently, uh, yeah, that's that's what that was about. Yeah, two rounds of steel case. Never, don't even know how I ended up with the steel case ammunition, to be honest with you, for the two two three, And I figured, you know, I got two rounds of it. Let's shoot it off in the AR. Second round jammed, And of course, no one had a cleaning rod. Nothing to pull the round out.
1: Yeah. You know, if you had an AK, it has a cleaning rod underneath it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that does too, but the, uh, the AK one wasn't, long well, anyways, um, see, again, AK, score a couple points for the AK. AK. all day. Exactly, is kind of what I'm getting at. Jokes aside, it was a absolute blast to get out for the range, and just good weather, you know, we kind of have that coming back in the area, so Tyler and I kind of talked and said, hey, let's talk about some guns we just really enjoy shooting, you know, so, uh, I mean, Tyler, what were uh, what was to start? I mean, when we talked about guns we enjoy shooting, we both kind of actually had a little bit of a slight different approach to this, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, especially when you look into my safe, it's very diverse, and it kind of stems from me wanting to have a different gun for each style of shooting, if that makes sense. So, like, one of the guns I enjoy shooting the most is probably going to be my fab arm over-under shotgun because one of the... Types of shooting I enjoy is going out and shooting sporting clays, and that's an excellent gun for it. See, so
0: that's cool. Now, you looked at different styles
1: where I just kind of went down and
0: just thought of a list of actual guns uh-huh. and, <laughs> and guns that uh, we enjoy shooting. But for your different styles, you said you really enjoy going out doing clay shooting and trap shooting and yes. all that stuff, Tyler, whereas that's something I, I've never actually gotten into, and I think we've discussed that in the past here on the channel. That you know, We'll have to I, get you out sometime. We absolutely need to. And especially with the weather getting nicer out right now out here, it's it's an absolute must. So we, we got to take a weekend and go out and do that. Yep, absolutely. And then maybe I'll, maybe I'll add another gun to my list of guns I enjoy shooting.
1: You're going you're going to end up doing that, I'm telling you. Because for me, the first time I went out, I just took a pump action 12 gauge. I forget what it even was. And yeah, it's fun, but it doesn't have the same feel. You know, with sporting clays, you see a lot of double barrels. You know, side-by-sides, over-under, you name it. But typically you'll see double barrels. Sometimes you'll see semi-autos. A lot of people take those out nowadays. But with a staged um, shooting, I guess you would call it, it's tough because sometimes you're ejecting shells out of reach. So then you feel like you're littering. So it's one of those things. Once I was in the market for an over-under shotgun, I happened to find that on a used rack. Just by chance, by like skimming the used rack of all the different woods, And that one stood out because it was English walnut, which is very distinct. So I'm like, ooh, what's that? Then I picked it up. I noticed it had a palm swell to the checkering. It did have a little bit of cast to it, which fit me nice. Nice long barrels. I forget exactly what they are. And I think it's running, oh, it might be full choke on both, if not full and modified. I forget. It's been a while. But um, really nice gun. It's actually more of like a trap gun. Okay. Then sporting clays set up, but very, very fun to take out shooting split, uh, sporting clays with.
0: Have you shot that recently?
1: Uh, it was last summer. Yeah, okay. last summer I took it out. And I mean, that's one of those guns you take it out, you shoot a hundred rounds, and you're you don't even feel it. Uh-huh. You know, I've done a little bit of work to it. I put a mercury recoil reducer in the stock. Uh, did a recoil pad, so it's just very enjoyable gun to shoot.
0: Nice man, I'm happy you get to actually take that out and enjoy it. See, shotgun shooting for me was a little bit different. I had a double barrel that my yeah. dad had actually had, so that was just buckshot and slugs, and that was just really not the most pleasant thing to shoot. So it was uh-huh. a little turned away from shotguns, so I'm definitely... Yeah,
1: probably had <laughs> a plastic recoil or a plastic
0: butt plate on it. I believe it did. It, it was plastic. If yeah, the, they're not fun. Oh, no, absolutely <laughs> not. So I'm definitely interested to kind of hopefully try that shotgun of yours and or some other thing out, you know, and try some clay shooting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what what's uh, first on your list? <laughs> so
0: so first on my list is the one I always you know when I thought about this list of guns I enjoy shooting it, it first popped up to me is what's like the gun I always bring with me to the range and yep, recently yep. the one that always follows me to the range is it's one that you know sits in your heart in the same place is one of my AKs and that's my Yukon uh-huh. M70 well I should say my Zestava M70 and you know, before recording this, I actually went and did a little bit of research on other people's opinions on Zestava M70s, and I was a little, little surprised. Take it back. Me. Yeah, I really was to hear some kind of reactions all over the internet. It's like people like saying fanboys of these, and then, well, I mean, like anything, you kind of have diverse and, you know, crowds of groups and hates on this and hates on that. But I'll tell you, from my experience, at my Zestava M70, I absolutely love it. And every single person who puts that in their hands and they shoot it, they absolutely love it. So that's probably one of my favorite guns to bring out to the range and shoot. It's just nice, it's comfortable, it's also extremely cheap to shoot. Yes, (laughs) that's a big thing. (laughs) That's a big thing. That's a big factor when it comes to a gun that you enjoy shooting is, you know, can you actually feed that rifle? Can you feed that pistol? Because any AK, that's the nice thing, is I got a ton of mags for, they work in any gun, and uh, the ammunition is all the same. So 7.62 here, 7.62 in that one they all run it's still relatively affordable and I think for the time being it will be readily available and affordable And that's the thing you it's should replace them now
1: you know what exactly. I mean you know you when you out. take it out to the range you can shoot it without that guilt of well now I have to find more exactly
0: so it's not like shooting some other guns which we'll talk about later on in the list where the ammunition is a little bit more expensive and as much as I enjoy shooting them I don't get to shoot them as much but with the the Zestava the M70 in particular I just find it a very nice handling AK. It's very accurate for the AK. Everyone always has this lore that AKs aren't accurate and they're inaccurate guns. And, you know, if you're going off old, you know, lore and looking at insurgencies of guys who never took care of their rifles, yeah, the AK might not have been as accurate. Absolutely not. Especially if it's been an AK where the boar has been shot out after being in a cave for 30 years. Yeah, of course, it's not going to be as accurate. But same thing with an AR. If you treated an AR the same way, it wouldn't be accurate. Wouldn't you agree?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not just... It's not inherently accurate because of what it is, if that makes sense. You know, the bore is still the the lifeblood of the gun. So if you don't take care of it, it's not going to shoot well either way. Exactly. Regardless,
0: the M70 is a fantastic shooting firearm. It's an accurate firearm, especially for an AK, you know, like we just said. Everyone who kind of picks it up and has shot it, they say, wow, this is just impressive. And for the money... Oh, exactly. It just, you know, it just puts a smile on your face. And there is something to be said about just that, that there is just that factor to a gun. It's just, it puts a smile on your face. It just makes you happy.
1: Yeah, yeah. and for me, that that's my SBR, uh, Spikes Tactical AR. You know, that's one of the guns that, like you said, it always follows me to the range no matter what I'm doing. And it just, it's one of those guns that just being a ten and a half inch barrel 556 five, you got that nice pop to it uh, I have it set up where it's weighted in the back so it, it balances super nice it's got an EOTech on it not my favorite optic but you know what for that it kind of works well it's got a good feel for it so I don't know it's one of those guns I absolutely love shooting and I probably had that oh the majority of my adult life
0: well that's the thing for SBRs you had to be 21 correct to actually apply for an SBR it's Okay, cool. I just, you know, again, coming... from yeah, It's Jersey, just
1: like Jersey, like a handgun, gun, essentially.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. So, about that AR, what stands out with that AR over, oh, let's say your other Spikes AR or something like that for you?
1: Honestly, for that one, it's just, it's one of the guns I've put the most attention to as far as, I mean, it's really just a Spikes tactical lower receiver. Everything in it's been swapped out. I mean, I'm running an FN barrel, a Geisley trigger... All sorts of other stuff, Ooh. and uh, I think Daniel Defense rail that I actually got off a customer because he swapped it out and was like, "You can have that if you want." I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm putting that on mine. <laughs> wow, just here. So, it's t- just Daniel Defense rail. That's that's yeah, a very. It's nice just custom. a hodge. Yeah, it's just a hodgepodge of very good quality parts, and I I absolutely love it. I even put it's a um, uh, I forget which Magpul stock it is. It's the one that has the battery compartment in it, and I specifically went with that because it gives you a little bit wider of a cheek rest. And I use those battery compartments to put little brass bars in to help weight it down in the back. Because okay. I cool. like my guns heavy. I don't, I like not thinking about recoil. Granted, 5.56 doesn't have a lot of recoil. But when you shoot this gun, you notice the difference.
0: Oh, well, you know, so with got, got 10 and a 10.5 barrel. I've shot an yeah, AR yeah. with a 10.5 barrel. They're, they're pretty potent, especially in the recoil department, whether you're using exactly. a it, stock. It's,
1: it's closer to your damn face, so you notice it more. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And with that Magpul stock, I found Limbsaver actually sells a rubber recoil pad for that. I think it's like maybe a half-inch thick pad. You know, super soft Limb Saver rubber. And, man, the thing is just a dream to shoot. Nice.
0: Man, I'm happy you enjoy yep. that. You know, it, it's funny because when we were doing this idea, I was debating, do I put an AR on the list? and will Uh you be putting an AR on the list? And I actually chose not to put an AR on the list, not because of any inherent bias of AK over AR, but because one thing that always bugs me with the AR-15 is unless you get something with a buffer mitigation system, like sound system, you always hear that sproying when you shoot.
1: Yup. I especially noticed that with my A1. That's why that one's not on the list. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, I like those A1s. Those are great to shoot, like, Oh, yeah. they're so fun, but man, it, that's it does boring. get annoying. That sproying just bugs the living hell out of me. I'll be completely mm-hmm. honest with anybody. That's why all my ARs, I always put some kind of buffer mitigation system in. I'm like, there's the JP buffer system or the armor spec. Either one of yep. those are really good. I use those, and that's my recommendation for it. To have a more pleasurable AR experience is to get something where you're not going to be hearing that noise when you're shooting. Because to me, it's very distracting. Yeah. And like you said, you don't like to think about recoil, same thing, I don't want to have to think about hearing the gun move right in my ear every single time. Oh, (laughs) as weird as that is to say. But, I mean, going onto the list, next gun for me personally, I I was thinking was one I shot arguably the most out of all my collection, and that's probably my US 1917 rifle, the American Enfield. Yeah, absolutely love that gun. That rifle is extremely accurate. It's a very balanced rifle. It's in a used to be more accessible caliber 30 out six. You know, unfortunately, mm. after the pandemic, the price has kind of skyrocketed on 30 out six. It seems to be leveling out a little bit nowadays. Yeah. And at least you can find it
1: now. Yeah. That's true. You I was having a hard now. time when I was doing because a lot of my work is uh, custom rebarreling. And a lot of people, you know, in this area specifically, they want 30 out six. And it's been tough because it's like, okay. I chambered it. Now I have to test fire it.
0: Yep. And the the price, like, before everything all happened, I was paying, believe it or not, probably, like, 70 to 80 cents a round for just regular, like, PPU, like, the Grand style stuff, which is what I prefer yep. to get. Anything 115, or 115, I'm sorry, 150 grain is what I prefer to get because all the, the U.S. Yeah, well, that's what all the U.S. rifles were spec'd for, basically. You see, sometimes Mm -hmm. they were, uh, if I recall correctly, there was the armor-piercing loads, which were 165 grain or some things in that nature, but the the ammo- I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Yeah, and again, I'm not an expert in that, so I'm not going to get into it, but that's why you have systems like the adjustable gas plugs for Garands, because they weren't meant to run the heavier stuff. They were meant to shoot the 150 grain. So, I just figured that's what the U.S. Army intended- That's what I'm going to standardize on all my .30-06. So all my .30-06 is basically ammo for Garands. It'll run in a Garand, it'll run in a Springfield, it'll run in a US 1917. Yeah, exactly. And now, the reason I personally prefer something like the US 1917 over, say, the US Springfield or the Garand, and I'm not trying to bash either one, I love both of them, but the US 1917, for me, it's just the weight behind it, the accuracy, you don't have that with the Springfield or the Garand.
1: Because the, the 1917 does have like a, a beefy receiver.
0: Yes, they're a beefy receiver. They have a lot of weight with the stock and the uh the width up front and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it to me, it's a very good balance for shooting. I personally prefer it, personally, if you were to offer me one of those in Compat, I'd probably take that over a 1903. Uh, just having that extra weight, I feel, gives you a more accurate shot versus the 1903, yeah. where I've shot the 1903 quite a bit as well. And I like the 1903. But I feel it's a little bit lighter, so therefore it's a little bit, I don't want to say less manageable, but it's easier to make a more accurate shot with the 1917, at least from a marksmanship perspective. Whether it is even combat or not. It's perceived is recoil. Football. Yes.
1: You know, perceived recoil. Sometimes that'll get in your head.
0: Absolutely. And like I said, you know, comparing the 1917 to the 1903, I'll take the 1917. For actual military purposes, I would take the M1 Garand over both absolutely any day of the week for obvious reasons semi automatic. Yeah. But that being said, I shot, I probably have more brass, 30 out six brass, than I can think of. Cause again, I used to shoot that rifle more than anything. That in the 1903, I used, to, I used to shoot side by side. My one buddy and I always used to just bring 30 six out. That and Mosin's. Fun. Yeah. I mean, because the ammo for Mosins was cheap, but we really enjoyed shooting the 1917s in the Springfield. So you'd probably bring like, you know, three to one ammo ratio. Because, again, it was still more expensive to shoot than the Mosins, but you really enjoyed shooting those 1917s. And, you know, I'd always take more time shooting that than I would a Mosin.
1: Absolutely. And that brings me to next on my list. Well, Mm -hmm. we want to talk about crying after we're shooting ammo. Uh, my 338 Lapua.
0: <laughs> yes, I remember you. We were talking about ammo for that recently.
1: Yeah, I d- I don't take that out as much as I would like, just because it's like what five, six dollars a shot. You know, oh, so, I mean, yeah. you can get like the herders, the cheaper stuff, but still, you know, if you're taking out something like that, you're you want to have good ammo to actually see what the right how the rifle performs. You know what I mean? So yeah, oh, cheap stuff's fun to you know hand to your friend if they just want to shoot a 338 Lapua, but when you're actually trying to like dial the rifle in and see how it does, why are you wasting your time? Exactly. You wouldn't put
0: cheap gas in, you know, like a high-end car or something like that. So why are you going to put cheap ammo through a high-end gun?
1: Exactly. Now here's my thing. I can kind of justify it because it is a Savage 110. Okay. So it is on the the <laughs> lower end, it's spectrum, more affordable. But it's, yeah, it's a more affordable one, uh, Yeah. but as a gunsmith, savvy. one day I'll rebarrel it, do everything up nicely, but, mm-hmm. you know, for right now, you buy it and have fun with it. Exactly. You know, and that's got the, the big-ass night force scope on it, and it's just one of those guns, it's almost like, um, like meditation. You know, you get out, mm-hmm. you get all set up, you sit there, and you just calm down. You know, it's one of those guns where it's different than taking your AR out and, you know, your AK, you get hyped up to shoot it. This is one of those guns you sit on the bench, you breathe, you take your time, and it just it really relaxes you more than anything. And then you get the shit smacked out of you. <laughs>
0: yep. So it's there's cool. Some, it's there's something it's said about recoil there that is that you enjoy shooting is in its own merit. Like a buddy of ours, you know, he's he's the recoil junkie. He loves all the big boar stuff. Yeah. From the Deagles, the forty four Magnums and you know, it's it's something I never used to be into, and like I actually have a forty four Magnum that my grandfather gave me a while back, mm-hmm. and it's it's a really cool revolver, but God, it's not it's they're not nasty. Less, yeah, it's they're not the most pleasant to shoot, and so I haven't shot it in God knows how long. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been a number of years since I've shot forty four mag revolver, but after shooting that fifty Action Express, you know, I I kind of uh, so bad. No, it's kind of, there. there's something to be said about it, and there might be a reason why I kind of convinced myself to build that 458 SOCOM. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. So, if we're getting into revolvers, what is it, that Smith & Wesson that I ended up tuning up that I uh, bought from you guys? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites. Granted, I haven't taken it out much. I've shot it into, like, a test fire drum, mm-hmm. but, man, is that thing smooth. And there, there's something to be said about a gun that you tuned up. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, absolutely. The the whole you built it or there not even just you built it, but you worked on it. There's something satisfying about knowing you worked on it and it works right.
1: Yeah. And I mean that was one of the guns I bought just for that experience of tuning it up. mm -hmm. You know, doing the trigger and action job. So I actually took my time doing that because I knew that was going to be one of the more enjoyable parts of owning that firearm was actually putting the work into it and now when i go out and shoot it i get to reflect back on that
0: mm-hmm. see and that's cool that's that's just another fun part of being a gunsmith or i guess even just working on your guns in general is just having that satisfaction
1: yeah and especially with the internet man it's so easy for somebody that's relatively competent <laughs> in working on firearms i'll say um to dive down the rabbit hole and do the research and learn how to properly take it apart, purchase the tools to do so and do the work and do it themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. Granted, not good for my business, but it's good for the the firearm interests. you know, because people that start diving into working on their own stuff, they're going to get ahead of themselves at some point or start realizing that what they can get from the factory is subpar compared to what you can have a gunsmith do.
0: See, I might actually argue, though, that people seeing that might actually be beneficial for your business because once they see the cost of some of the machinery and they see the cost (laughs) of some of the I'm gonna use myself as the perfect example here was I had a couple kits I took on way more than I could handle I had a couple companies do a couple of the modifications for me like on the DP Uh, but after that I'll I'll use the AK for example I was planning on building the AK myself in-house in my basement like everyone said oh you can do and you know I got the AK jaw rivets and And I did them, and I think they came out pretty decently enough, and, you know, there was one that needed a little bit of adjusting that Tyler helped me out with, but I had actually ended up reaching out to Tyler, because I had actually looked at all the tools, and I said, Tyler, I this is going to be way too cost-prohibitive for me with the tools. You think you can help me out? And you were like, actually, I'm going to be doing a round of AK soon, so that's perfect timing. Yep. And so, that actually, you know, you and I were able to talk, and you helped me through building the AK and stuff, but... I'm pretty sure some of your customers who bought some of those kits, I have to imagine they said, "I'm going to build this AK. I'm going to do it myself." And a couple of them had to be like, "Yeah, no the the press alone is going to set you back how much? A couple, separate yeah, things. They're like
1: two hundred. Yeah, they're like two hundred bucks just for the At press. Least. But then you need all the AK tooling. And okay, mm-hmm. what happens when you get like an oddball? Um, what do I want to say? Like an oddball." trunnion or something like that
0: like um, a yugo kit or a like a
1: yugo kit stuff that doesn't fit nicely in your your typical ak building stuff uh what especially do do? like the the hungarian ones whatever the hell it is where they press the the fucking front sight all the way up to the gas block oh is that the um the amd Six, 65 65s i think it's yeah. the 65s yeah they have like I, the I actually have stuff. one in the shop i'm working on now that's cool uh yeah i think that's part of the this uh this semester's uh parts kit builds <laughs> but yeah you know stuff like that okay you press it on a little too far or whatever now you got to back it off well how do you squeeze in there mm-hmm. you
0: know stuff like that so i think that's again something that can be said on both sides too is there's a lot of kits out there that people just do not know how to build or they think they have the skills to build them and they just don't so that's when they call guys like you and then you know they pay you and you build them and then they get a quality firearm but I think yep. some build services people do have to beware wh- who you're paying to build your guns. I'm not saying this some guys. True. I'm not saying some guys on forums aren't competent or anything like that. But mm-hmm. just know who you're getting stuff from, and you know, make sure. The other thing is too. I really have to stress is be patient and be willing to wait because perfection. Rome was not built in a day. So if you want a, if you want a good firearm, you don't want a good firearm. You want a great firearm. You want a firearm that's going to work, and you want it that's going to work right when it needs to. So, don't be bugging your builder every which way. It's one thing if they say, hey, it's going to be 10 weeks lead time. You know, if you don't hear anything after a couple weeks, then maybe say something after 10, 12 weeks. But don't be on their case mm-hmm. with it. You're not the only build, I'm sure. There's other guys, too. And I- I've seen the build process firsthand. You know, sometimes where the- people will tell you in AK, it can be done in, let's say, 6 hours. Yeah, it can be done in that time frame, but some some AKs may require a
1: little more fitting. So, yeah. just food for thought. That, patient. Know, it's it's cost inhibitive for a professional builder to just build one gun complete from start to finish. You know, you, you have to do it in batches to make money mm-hmm. or the exactly. setup time is really what's going to kill you. And that's so, why that's one of the thing. Like um, some people have asked me, well, why is my why is my cost for building AKs where it is? I don't want to say so high, but why is it where it is? relative to, like, people that that's all they do, these really well-known shops that build AKs. And it's one of the things that's like, yes, I don't specialize in building AKs, but you're not paying for that necessarily as much as you're paying for my overall experience, you know? Yes, you can bring me an AK. Next week, if you decide you want a precision rifle built, you can bring me that. The following week, if you decide you want a revolver tuned up, you can bring me that, you know? It's, it's the vastness of knowledge. I was going to say, you're not just a AK builder, per se. You are... And that's why I don't take on a shit ton of AKs. Yeah, because I don't want to be known as an AK builder. Well, and then, I mean... I'll build really nice AKs, but I'll also build really nice precision rifles.
0: Exactly. I mean, hell, you build really nice light machine guns, too, I'll be honest. I mean...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) But... Uh, getting, I, I think, before we get too far off on top, because I could say guns we enjoy shooting, I would really enjoy shooting that MG42 of yours, just saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, next on the list, uh, the, one of the things you mentioned was you really enjoy shooting your revolver. That, uh, you know, another one that I really enjoy shooting in myself, because I really haven't included a handgun, per se, and going into this, I really was having trouble picking one handgun from my collection, because there's a number that, like, I just picked up one recently, and I I love it so far. I don't want to say anything about it till after I shoot it a, a little bit more. But yeah,
1: yeah, I know which uh, one you're talking about.
0: Yep. Oh yeah, and you like it too, because you tried it and you were like, "Wow!" So we may actually have a gun review coming up soon, like a more modern gun review, which
1: because mm-hmm. uh, I'm very impressed. We with weren't sure about anyway. doing it first, but this yeah, one might but, warrant it.
0: Yeah, this one, this one actually, I think, is gonna warrant it. And so far, yeah. But I digress. So the handgun in my collection that I really enjoy shooting myself is my Colt Diamondback. And I'm not the biggest revolver guy. Good, good choice. Yeah, I knew you were going to like that. And the reason I enjoy shooting that Colt Diamondback so much was first off it was my grandfather's. So I have the the family heritage with it. So he carried it when he was a cop, so it was cool to actually have, you know, that now in my possession. So it's also in 38 Special. It's not in, you know, the 357 Magnum as cool as it would be to have something like that have a python. It's just it's a nice Nice handling revolver. Thirty-eight Special is a nice, easy round. I can teach someone to shoot on it. Actually, most people I used to teach to shoot on that before I had some of the other guns I have nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, it's... and you can even load down thirty-eight pretty low. Oh, I mean, you can. Or you can you can for a new shooter, it's it's great. That's that's one thing too. People forget about nowadays is wad cutters. Man, I I love mm-hmm. wad cutters for for thirty-eight. That's what. That's actually what I learned to shoot with my dad's handgun years ago was uh, mostly wad cutters, which they're not as 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 prevalent.
1: As long as, no, it's one of those things. I think a lot of it fell off because it's, you know, typically you don't see wad cutters jacket it. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't want to have to deal with the extra cleaning involved with just shooting lead bullets.
0: That's true. But
1: hey, in my mind, there's a reason we always used lead, not just because it was heavy, but it was soft. You know, where copper's harder, so it's going to wear out your barrel
0: more. Yep, it'll do some more more work over time. Mm -hmm. But with the revolver, too, there's there's something to be said about having the single action and the double action ability to shoot. It's cool that you can actually, you know, if you want to take your time and shoot each shot, you go cock the hammer back, sit on target, you know, control your shot. I mean, not saying you can't do that with double action, but it's nice to have that option to have a more relaxed shoot. Or shot, I should yeah. say, versus double action, where there's a little bit more
1: you have to think about when making your shot. Versus, yeah, especially action. when it comes to a revolver, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you absolutely. have you have a lot longer of a a lot longer of an engaged trigger pull. So, what I mean by an engaged trigger pull, you have some of those guns where you have where the trigger sits in its natural state. You have a lot of uh, free play before it actually starts mechanically moving things on the inside. Whereas a revolver, where that trigger stops, that's it. You know, as soon as you start moving it, it's moving things internally. So, again, a revolver with that, whether it be that one or anyone, revolvers, just they're
0: they're just fun. (laughs) And I think people overlook them. Yeah, absolutely. Out of all the handguns there are to shoot, make sure you do get a revolver in your collection at some point. I think that's almost a must.
1: Mm -hmm. I would say if you're going for just one, though, make sure it's something... A, a little on the bigger side. I know a lot of people have gotten like little J frames and stuff like that as their mm-hmm. first revolvers and no. weren't exactly satisfied with it. No, all especially the air weights. A lot of people don't like the air weights.
0: Yeah, that are the bodyguards for your first. That's not a good choice. Yup. That's not a fun shooting revolver. That's more, that's a revolver that serves a purpose, and that purpose is to defend yourself with. And that's for yep. consumer. I, like,
1: I like what you say. It's a get-off-me gun. Yep, you know? it's
0: a get-off-me gun. Someone is on top of me, get off me. You know, do whatever you can to get it off them, and especially with a revolver, just jam it in there. I'm not a lawyer, so please don't take any of this as legal advice. <laughs>
1: exactly. Good job, Joey. <laughs> I mean, uh Oh, I just, I just had a thought. Yeah. <laughs> this is newly added to my list right now. Uh-huh. Going with handguns, we uh, enjoy shooting. I guess I would say I kind of enjoy it. Uh, I have a Davis Industries 38 Special Derringer. <laughs> Ooh. That I want to Want to talk shooting. about a small gun? Holy hell, does that thing hurt? It hurts to shoot. It sucks to shoot. You can't hit a paper towel from five feet away. But, man, it's just one of those guns you just squeeze it and hold on. It just puts a smile on your face. Exactly. It, it's absolutely horrible. The trigger pre- Trigger pool's gotta be like fifteen pounds on it. Oh and it's a little spur trigger, so it doesn't even feel nice. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of those guns when you take people out, you're like, all right, you gotta try this. Yeah, you're that's... gonna hate it, but you gotta try it. You know what? I think next time I swing by, I'm gonna have to fire that in the drum
0: just for Yeah, we can shoot just, that in a test fire. Drum. Just for giggles. Because I think that's gonna be yep. fun. But I think uh, you know, wrapping up here, Tyler, you know, what would be the last gun you would say? you would think you'd really enjoy shooting.
1: Oh, man. The last gun I would say I really enjoy shooting is my Bren. The Bren one that I built. <sighs> yup. I want to yeah. shoot that so bad. I was going to say, you know why? Because <sighs> it took me how many goddamn years <laughs> to finish building it? <laughs> See, and that's, that. like I said,
0: that's something satisfying in its own right. But
1: yep, exactly. It sat around for years. I mean, I started building it when I was out at gunsmith school. Just doing little modifications to the parts kit for grades. And uh, it's a it was a torch cut kit. This was my first like actual re-weld, re-welding the receiver for myself. Mm-hmm. And doing all the semi-auto conversions to it. And it got to a point where I hit a snag where nobody on the internet was either selling semi-auto strikers, like the kits for them anymore. Uh, nobody had any specs for the springs. So... Not only could I, like, I made one, but now I was on my own with finding the correct spring. And then finally, just one day, I was like, you know what, I'm going to check again. It's been a few years at this point. I wonder if somebody's selling See. them now or whatever. And I popped on a, what was it, Weapons Guild? hmm The right, forum? So right. Yup, absolutely. And uh, somebody on there actually put up, like, a, like, nice CAD drawings of it, how they manufactured their striker block. So I ended up throwing out my original one I made, made his, and ordered. I mean, it was great. He had, like, the McMaster car part numbers of the exact springs, the exact steel rods that he used. So freaking ordered that stuff up, got up early. I think it was, like, 3 a.m. the one morning. I fucking went downstairs, started machining it all up, Uh, took it outside, and, man, just the first time squeezing that off of the test fire drum, like, you know, five years in, five or six years into building this gun, and just going... Well, I hope it stays together, (laughs) Yeah, you know, (laughs) because at this point I was relatively new to TIG welding, but it looked like I got really good welds on it. So it was my first uh, re-weld and, you know, you don't know until you squeeze that trigger and, man, I ran, what, five, six, seven, ten, you know, rounds. I'm like, man, this thing is just stupid fun.
0: And then you just realize 303 British is so expensive right now. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. Then it's like, all right, great. Now we got to replace that.
0: Yeah. So start reloading. Actually, that's yep. why I saved some three hundred three British ammo before I sold my Enfield, was because uh, you have a Bren, and I know I can shoot exactly. through that. And you know what? It's a freaking
1: trap, because Bren mags are only like 8 oh. to $9. <laughs> <They can laughs> but get then the ammo trouble. is ridiculously expensive. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's actually
0: something I think we should talk about really quick, you know, quickly here, is for our listeners who are not familiar with the Bren gun, we're talking about the World War II-style British light machine gun, which is yes. top-fed 30-round magazine. 303 British, awesome, you know. Yep,
1: quick change barrels. Yeah, it's and, just And uh, mine is actually marked awesome.
0: 1943 on it. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, yep. They're, yep. they're just cool guns. And, you know, something like that. There is something about shooting a piece of history, too, whether it be from a parts kit or a semi-automatic build, uh, which my last one, which we'll get to in a second, is going to be along those lines as well. And it's just shooting history, and you know that's literally what it is. You're literally so like. How often do you show up at the range and you see just nothing but ARs, AKs, or you see some hunting rifles or whatever? Fine,
1: yeah, normal shit. You can go to the gun store and pick up if you wanted it.
0: Yeah, but how often do you see some guy just rolling up with a Bren gun or DP twenty eight, an MG forty two, a BAR? I mean, come on. Exactly. There's just something about that. That's
1: one of those guns you make friends with.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very, very quickly, and. Then they realize how much it costs to shoot and they don't want to be your friend as much anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's like, hey, can I shoot that? Sure, here's two. (laughs) Yeah. No. What do you mean two? Yeah, unfortunately, that's the the
0: days of it. It's not like it used to be. Like, uh, you know, 303 British, 8mm Mauser, 7.62 Tokeriv. It used to be much cheaper. Now, unfortunately, the price has gone up. And that's kind of why you see, actually, even in the machine gun market, you see a lot of these light machine guns going down in price because people can't feed them as much anymore.
1: Yeah, plus a lot of them you really should be running, like, uh, mil-serve ammo, stuff that's a little bit higher pressure than some of the commercial stuff you can pick up these days. And yep. that stuff's getting hard to come by now. Yep, exactly. So what's last on the list for you?
0: So last on the list for me is one that I absolutely every single time you shoot it, it's one of those guns that puts a smile on your face, and that's going to be the PPS-43. And mm, yep. Yeah, and the reason is, even as a pistol in its legal configuration with a stock welded shut, you can hip fire it. You can put it up to your not shoulder. There's It's going to be sound weird how to describe it. Uh, I'll take a picture of it maybe later on down the road of actually trying to shoot it from the, not the shoulder, but like kind of aiming it. Like almost like a bungee stance you would with an MP5. You can kind of shoot it like that. And no matter how you yeah. shoot it. It's just fun. It's just light recoiling, and it has a hot little cartridge. Seven six two crib is a blast to shoot, and yeah. it just it, there's nothing more we can say. That it just puts a smile on your face, and you can get it running fast. And yeah,
1: exactly, it's one of those guns. There's not a lot going on with it, you know. It's no yeah, frills. It's,
0: <laughs> nope, no frills. No nothing crazy. It's literally just a piece of stamped sheet metal, and then a bolt and the magazine, and that's just riding over, and it's running. And it's like
1: a Sten gun, you know? It's basically, one of those it's like, I'm amazed this thing is actually a gun.
0: <laughs> basically, pretty much, it's, I mean, what is it but the Russian Sten gun? I mean, it was built under duress, you know, it was designed in Leningrad during the times where, you know, they were under siege and everything like that, so, and it was meant to be a cheap replacement for the PPSH-41, which it never did completely replace, but they did show you can make something simple and affordable, and they did. And to this day, as a semi-auto civilian you know modification you can get it and they are a lot of fun so i can't wait to sbr that thing and actually you know get the stock undone and actually run it because i think as as is the pistol configuration it's fantastic it's it's so much fun to shoot it's great to shoot every single person i've put it in their hands and they've shot it they just turn around and say can i can i shoot it some more i go yep yeah yeah you can 760 toks expensive but yeah i can't i can't deny you that i can't deny you that because it's Yeah, it's, it's just a blast to shoot. And I think is, you know, for me, it's, it's a gun I bought that mine's actually blank adapted for reenacting. I brought it out once or twice doing once a partisan. Then once I did, I brought it out as when I was doing my finish reenacting. And I know it's not the most appropriate for finish, but it's, I was just trying to get a sub gun and a little more firepower for, you know, the group of, you know, I was with. But, anyways, uh, that being said, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a fun gun to run. It's an absolute blast to shoot. I just wish the ammo was cheaper for it. It's not the worst gun in the world in terms of price wise, but I just don't like running corrosive through it because my buddy had one of the semi-auto ones and it was a I don't know what kind of seven six two Tokarev it was. It was either Bulgarian or Albanian, and it was just like it was just hard primers. And this thing, the semi-auto mod, just did not like it. So it's because again, this was they're converted to striker fire. They used to be open bolt guns. They're now they're closed bolt. You know, so it's it's a little bit different. They they want to be open. True, they do. They like the Mac Ten, the Uzi. They they just want to be open bolt guns. Exactly. So when stuff like that malfunctions, you have to take it with a grain of salt because it's it wasn't designed to run like that. Like I've actually found pieces of brass back in the action. Uh, Yeah. It weirdly enough, with that gun, I have several times. But, hey, that one actually has never really given me an issue, even running blanks. So, mm-hmm. hey, I can't complain about it. I love it. PPS forty three. That makes my list of absolute fun guns to shoot that you should try and shoot yourself.
1: Nice. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to put up Instagram and see what people like shooting the most. If yeah, I'm, you guys, can mm-hmm. tell us what you guys think.
0: Yeah, I'm curious what people enjoy shooting the most. Like, uh, maybe we'll make a list of a couple guns. We say, hey, out of these, what, what would you enjoy? What do you enjoy shooting the most, and why? So there you go. Hey, something something to post up there. So we'll get on that soon then. And on that note, Tyler, I think we'll wrap this up. Uh where can they find you at?
1: You guys can find me on the socials at Precision Rifleworks and at www.precisionrifleworks.com.
0: Nice. And guys, you can find myself over over on Instagram at Site Picture Seven Six Two as well uh YouTube at SitePicture Seven Six Two as well. And we actually I actually do have a couple video projects in the work for the channel as well kind of for my my personal channel and for across the gun counter as well so stay tuned for that and that's where you'll you know for now you guys can find us on instagram and on all the different streaming services like spotify apple music amazon all that stuff at across the gun counter so across the and all our streaming services at across the gun counter hey we look forward to hearing what you guys enjoy shooting too so until next time stay safe guys see you guys